0: Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast that brings you the headlines of the day with the help of our correspondents around the world, I'm Sui. Coming up in this edition, China has launched its latest manned space mission, the Shenzhou-16, to the country's space station. Russian authorities say a drone attack damaged several buildings in Moscow. And Bolotinubu has taken office as 16th president of Nigeria. The Shenzhou-16 spacecraft is successfully docked with China's space station. Chinese astronauts Jing Haipeng, Zhu Yangzhu, and Gui Haichao earlier lifted off from Jiuquan in northwest China. They will stay in orbit for about five months. The Shenzhou-16 crew consists of one experienced taikonaut and two first-timers. Commander Jing Haipeng is in space for a record fourth time. Chief designer Huang Wei-fen of China's manned space program says she's impressed by Jing's dedication.
1: The Shenzhou 16 crew is a brand new combination. It is our country's first crew consisting of three types of taikonauts. They are also a combination of the first and the third cohorts of taikonauts. Commander Jing Haipeng is an experienced aerospace pilot with three previous flights, demonstrating excellent skills and superb physical and mental quality. Now, he is 57 years old, and is very dedicated in pursuing his dream of flying. I see his love, duty, and responsibility for this job. So, I am quite moved by his professionalism.
0: The chief designer also share her thoughts on the other two crew members.
1: Two other taikonauts are from the third cohorts, namely flight engineer Zhu Yang Zhu and payload specialist Gui Haichao. They are new and their training time is relatively short, for just more than two years. But they have very extensive and specialized aerospace background. And they have dreamed of flying when they were teaching in college, as well as when they were students. Now their dream is within reach. The three taikonauts have been working hard and motivating themselves over the years. They are very self-disciplined and have great perseverance in achieving their goals. I believe that they will be able to leverage their respective strengths, support one another, and successfully complete the mission.
0: That was Huang Weifen of the China Manned Space Program of the Shenzhou 16 Taikonauts. For more about the different roles of the Shenzhou 16 crew, Jiang Tao spoke with the astronomy professor Zhang Fan at Beijing Normal University.
2: Shenzhou 16 is the second flight mission of China's Manned Space Program this year. So compared to the previous one, what are the major highlights of this mission?
3: For the regular running, this is a fine lab, So the uh, the, co- the personnel composition changed this time. Um, in the past, it was mostly uh, pilots and engineers. Um, now we have one pilot, really experienced first-generation pilot, and he will be taking up two novices. Mm.
2: You mentioned about the uh, crew members and the new composition of the team. It is also the first time for Chinese civilians to fly out of Earth. What do you make of uh, such an arrangement?
3: So that that, that gives people hope, right? Um, mm. So you don't have to be a, a, a military pilot to uh, to go through the whole rigorous training uh, and, and and the very rigorous selection process um, to be to be able to have a dream of going into space. Um, so so this time the civilian person um, is still closely associated with the uh, the space industry. He's more sort of on the uh, on the technology of the uh, of the spacecraft side of things, but hopefully in the future, um, people who are specialists in in particular areas of science, for example, biologists, physicists, they will be able to go up there as well.
2: The Shenzhou 16 manned mission is the first to China's space station since construction ended. What does it mean to China's space station or China's aerospace development?
3: This marks the beginning of the regular running of the space station as a key national laboratory for scientific discoveries and technological development. this marks the uh, a major shift in, in China's um, sort of low earth orbit space program from more sort of an exploration and adventure sort of uh, opening up new areas into a sort of a more routine so so China can go into low-earth orbit quite efficiently, quite cheaply. So the goal now is to actually reap the benefits from this, this sort of
0: uh, program. That was astronomy professor Zhang Fan talking about the Shenzhou-16 crew lineup. Turning to Europe now, the ongoing Russia-Ukraine conflict. Russian authorities say a drone attack damaged several buildings in Moscow. Some residents had to evacuate their homes. The governor of the Moscow region says the military shut down several drones on their approach to Moscow. The Russian defense ministry says the drones were sent by Kiev. Meantime, Ukraine says it shut down drones and missiles above Kiev, while Russia says its forces have neutralized Ukrainian military targets, adding that Ukraine has continued shelling settlements in Russia's Belgorod region. We get more from Stuart Smith in Moscow.
4: The state news agency here, at TASS, reported that explosions could be heard throughout the early morning and into the late morning. That then the air defense responded in Kiev and an air alert was sounded. There was a fire in the capital city due to what eyewitnesses reported as falling rocket debris. As to what was going on, the Russian Ministry of Defence, the goal, it says, has been reached and all of the targets, it claims, were neutralised. Belgorod, governor, says that around 300 strikes were recorded, uh, causing damage to around 70 apartments. He says that locals are still trying to recover from damage done to gas mains as well as electricity. And he suggested... Uh, that this was something that the Belgorod residents, although used to, of course, would want to stop as soon as possible. For the residents of Belgorod, there's nothing to stop the shelling at the moment, according to the governor, other than the Russian armed forces trying to prevent uh, strikes from rocket attacks. It says that 13 High mars rockets, three Storm Shadow cruise missiles, and 14 Ukrainian drones have also been shot down. That
0: was Stuart Smith in Moscow. Turning to Spain, Prime Minister Pedro Sanchez has announced a snap election after his ruling socialists were routed in local elections. Opposition People's Party leader Alberto Feijó has welcomed Sanchez's decision and asked voters to give his party a clear win on July twenty third. Kim Brown has more.
5: It was a dramatic day in Spanish politics as Prime Minister Pedro Sánchez announced a snap election on Monday after his Socialist Workers' Party, PSOE, suffered heavy losses in regional and local elections. The Conservative Popular Party made major gains across the country. It was a big night for the PP. They won in every major city apart from Barcelona, in some cases with the help of the far-right Vox party. Traditional left-wing strongholds such as Andalucía and Extremadura swung to the right, with Sánchez's government losing around half a million votes from the previous elections. The PP gained over 1.8 million extra votes. Vox doubled its vote count since the last municipal elections and has now become a key ally in forming coalitions with the PP in the absence of the depleted Ciudadanos party. A number of factors have been highlighted as reasons for the political swing to the right, the cost of living crisis with soaring inflation, and infighting between the ruling coalition partners have been damaging. The national elections were set to be held towards the end of the year, but Sunday night's results have prompted the snap election, a decision that came as a surprise to many. The ruling coalition with the PSOE and left-wing Podemos, the main parties, have been in power since 2018 but now have less than two months to rally their base and turn their fortunes around.
0: That was Ken Brown reporting. In America, the deal between U.S. President Joe Biden and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to raise the debt ceiling is suspected to avert a fast-approaching default and amid global concerns. The deal is still waiting an approval by the U.S. Congress. Jim Spellman has details.
6: Over the weekend, Speaker of the House, Republican Kevin McCarthy and U.S. President Joe Biden, a Democrat, say they've reached a and deal in principle to raise the debt forward. ceiling. It
4: takes uh, the threat of catastrophic default off the table, protects our hard-earned and historic economic recovery, and the agreement also represents a compromise, which means no one got everything they want. But that's the responsibility of governing.
6: The deal raises the debt ceiling into 2025, past next year's elections. That was the president's primary goal. In exchange, Republicans secured caps on federal spending and expansion of work requirements for some social safety net programs. Not as much as Republicans had hoped for, but enough to, to do, brag about. But I believe this is an agreement in principle that's worthy of the American people. Um, it has historic reductions in spending, consequential reforms that will lift people out of poverty into the workforce. Reign in government overreach. There are no new taxes, no new government programs. Now each side must convince their own members well, to back the sure. bill. The more extreme members of both parties have expressed skepticism, but the leaders hope to get the deal passed even if their members don't love it. Overwhelmingly, Republicans in this conference are going to support the deal. Passage is highly likely, I would put it that way. The bill was released to lawmakers on Sunday evening. The House aims to vote on Wednesday following a mandatory 72-hour review period. The bill then moves on to the Senate. There's little room for error to get the measure to the president's desk before June 5th. That's when the U.S. will likely no longer be able to pay the bills and may go into default.
0: That was Jim Spellman reporting. Turning to Africa, Bola Tanubu has taken office as the 16th president of Nigeria. He took the oath of office at a ceremony in Abuja. Tinubu has outlined his vision for Nigeria's progress, emphasizing the need for economic growth and the fight against terrorism. Ajak Mangun has more.
7: The new president, uh, Bola Tinubu, is facing quite a number of challenges as he has been sworn in today as the president. Uh, Nigeria is facing high inflation rates at 22 percent. Of course, there's unemployment, which is 33 percent. There's also millions of Nigerians who are living in poverty. And of course, the president has said that uh, he intends to start working on addressing some of these issues uh, immediately. Uh, Experts have also uh, advised that the president needs to address insecurity, which is tied to a lot of uh, economic developments in the country because, for instance, farmers are unable to go to their farms uh, for fear of being attacked by terrorists whenever they're on their farm, and that has affected uh, food production in the country. And so we do expect to see some sort of uh, economic policies being rolled out to ensure that there's economic growth in the country. Nigerians that we've been speaking to are also expecting that the president will address, like I said, insecurity and of course ensure that the economy grows. Then another key issue is uh, unemployment. Many young Nigerians are expecting that when the president begins his administration, there would be job opportunities for them. And he has also promised that he will create more jobs for Nigerians to ensure that there's ease of doing business to attract more investment into the country.
0: That was Jack Mangu reporting in Abuja. Before we go, here's a recap of today's top stories. China will send its first civilian astronaut into space. Turkish President Recep Tayyip Erdogan has won another term after an election runoff victory. A deal has been reached to raise the borrowing limit in the U.S. That concludes today's top story, which brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Sui. thank you for listening.